Hello and welcome to the History of Vikings. Today I'm joined by famous YouTube gaming star Pixelated Apollo. <laughs> Today we'll be discussing a new game in the Total War series set right during the Viking Age called Thrones of Britannia. Total War has produced many different games and each one is set during a different period in history. All Total War games are extensively researched so that the games are historically accurate. For those of you who don't know, I have actually spent close to 2,000 hours playing Total War games across the span of my childhood. They're an excellent way to bring history to life, and I highly recommend them for anyone who loves history. I'm so incredibly excited to introduce you to Mr. Pixelated Apollo himself. Apollo, thanks so much for coming on, man. Hey, yeah, thanks to, uh, thanks for inviting me. It's great to be here. I'm always, you know, always down to talk about some Total War, some history. I mean, this is a real treat. Yeah, not a problem, man. So tell us about Thrones of Britannia because it hasn't quite come out yet. I believe the release date is May 3rd, but you on your YouTube channel have actually had access to it and have been able to play it. So what are you really excited for in Thrones? Okay, wow. Um, they they added a ton of cool features um, and mechanics that you can get excited about as a gamer and as uh, you know someone who loves history. Um, so one of my favorite things is that you know it's not quite the feudal system. It's like early, early feudal. Mm. And so when you raise armies during the campaign, uh, your troops start off as depleted because you're kind of raising the banners, you're gathering the troops. So yeah, so there's no standing armies, which there wasn't. So you have to call upon your troops, your men, to get ready for war. You know, I think that's really awesome. Yeah, I the thing's that I love too is just this there's been so much research put into this game and they've certainly never left a page of the history book unturned you know like I believe places like Ireland actually start less built up and less developed because in real life in real history uh, Ireland was never occupied by the Romans just as England was you know it's so historically accurate it's so cool to see history come to life in this game oh yeah uh, the lead developer um, or the lead project manager I, i'm not sure the title but i forgot his name it's jack something uh, yeah jack but, something yeah it's jack something <laughs> um he is he's a legend man like when it comes to total war um games like he did the charlemagne dlc i don't know if you remember that yeah 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 so he he made that as well and uh you know he he just knows so much about this time period all the regions are inauthentic like what they call like old English like uh, so you're gonna see a lot of names that I mean for me like I can't pronounce any of the stuff so it's gonna be fun learning you know all the authentic names for regions and stuff um, but he knows so much about the time period and and that's why I'm super excited because I know that they put the love and the heart into the game uh, and it's gonna be pretty pretty exciting historical wise yeah absolutely so I've um played many total war games i've played just about all of them i think empire total war though i would say is gotta be my all-time favorite just because i really enjoy that time period of history apart from my other favorite time period which is the vikings of course so what makes this game different from the other total war games well this is their first attempt to doing saga um so they're they're coming out with this new thing or it's like saga of total war where basically they're going to and it's funny how you mention empire because empire is like literally the opposite where you've got really? almost the whole world right you can you know go to the americas you can go to india and uh, set up trade and stuff well in this it's focused 
heavily in one area, which of course is the British Isles. Um, and it's, it's smaller, but it's more in depth. So there's a lot of mechanics that are, are very, well, they're very in depth where you can, you know, marry off your daughter to another king and unite kingdoms. You can, you know, like I said, you can raise forces and it takes time. You got to look out for the seasons. You got to make sure you don't, you know, go to war during winter. It's going to be harsh on your your armies, um, you know, stuff like that where it's, yes, you know, you're not going to be conquering the world, but I personally don't really care for that. I'd rather have a very immersive, very in-depth game rather than a huge uh, wide, you know, where it's like very yeah. general. Yeah, right. Because that's what I remember in Empire is like if, if I was to play as like whoever and I wanted to invade Paris, I would take over Paris and then I would just have all of France under my control. Whereas in this, like if you wanted to unite even a portion of a country, say like a specific region in the British Isles, Scotland, Wales, like that would be extremely difficult because there was no established countries at that time, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And also the mechanics of the game make it very difficult because um, there's there's going to be many times in the in the campaign where you're, you're going to have options to support uh, certain kings who are under attack, let's say they're, you know, getting attacked by Vikings, you can send an army to help them and he'll remember that. And, you know, he'll, wow. he'll, yeah, yeah. So, or you don't and it could backfire, you know, so there's going to be a, a lot of choices. And that's what I love. That's what I'm excited about because in Total War, I feel like campaign wise, because I'm more of a battle guy. Um, I, I love setting up the historical battles and stuff. I do play campaign, but not nearly as much as the online battles. But um, my problem with campaigns is that once you get about five new settlements, you just start steamrolling everyone. Right. And it's yeah, there's no consequences. You know, you just declare war on anybody. And uh, with this one, I feel like you're going to have to rely on your allies. You're going to have to negotiate terms with your enemies. Um, it's going to be a lot more strategic. It's going to be a lot more exciting, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing that I another question that I had is as I was researching the game, um, I'd love to talk about battles because I also enjoy battles. But just to touch on the campaign for a minute, what is the concept of so you as the player during the campaign, um, whether you rule the Anglo-Saxons or you're playing as the Picts or the Irish or the Viking Sea Kings, you're very much the king of your realm. I believe when I researched the game that you can actually, when you conquer new lands, sort of give those off to your lords and your nobles and have them manage them for you is that correct yes so um exactly you have estates and so when you conquer new lands you don't as the king you do not want to keep too many estates or your nobles will be well they'll be getting upset just like real life you know you want to keep your nobles happy that way they give you their men to fight in your wars so you have to give them new estates Make sure it's all spread out. You give out titles. Um, it's very cool. It's because like I just love the fact that if you hold on to too many estates, you could have a civil war on your hands. Uh, so you got to keep your your nobles happy. Yeah. And that's a lot. That's, you know, a reality of history that we see yeah. throughout that time period is, uh, you know, family sort of blood feuds and everyone vying for the throne because they're unhappy. So it's really awesome that they implemented that sense of diplomacy into the game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it makes it so much more immersive. It makes it feel like you're truly running a, a kingdom. And um, 
I mean, I've never been this excited for a campaign uh, on a Total War game. So I'm I'm hoping for the best. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now you mentioned battles before, and I've seen the footage of the actual battles. And it's literally like I'm peering into um, the Anglo-Saxon world and the Viking battles, you know, in the 800s. It's just the the graphics are just you know, incredible. It's beautiful from, you know, the thatching on the roofs to just the beautiful fields and uh, the glistening shields and spears of the men. It's just beautiful. So what are some concepts that Total War has put into Thrones that we can see in the battles that you're really excited for? Yeah. So they use the Attila engine, which is a little disappointing because it it's not the prettiest of engines. It doesn't really work well with the the clashing of thousands of troops you know close like shield bashing and stuff yeah um but they did add some features that i'm pretty excited about obviously uh one of the major formations in the game or in in history as well a shield wall which looks so cool it is i remember the first time i put my men into shield wall it was like oh my god yes this is amazing um yeah, so that's that's one of the major things. They added back guard mode. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. It's not a huge deal, but it's cool that they're going back and adding things that were in older games. Um, the battles last longer um, compared to the newer Total War games. Um, that's one of the bigger problems people had with like for example warhammer uh the the battles were like five minutes long wow (laughs) you know yeah yeah i mean some were longer it just depends but on average they were like five to ten minutes long very short and this one it definitely feels longer now again when i played it wasn't the finished product so they could be shorter it could be longer than what I experience when it comes out. Um, but because I think of that shield wall, uh, it makes battles uh, a lot more intense and a lot more longer. And I think a lot more tactical. Um, so that's that's one thing. Another thing that they added is with Cav. Now, historically, Cav, I'm pretty sure, didn't play a huge like no it, it didn't yeah so at this time period uh you know the vikings and the anglo-saxons primarily used you know shield wall tactics and cavalry was uh you know horses were expensive and most of the battles at the time did not involve too much cav yeah cav was more like transportation than anything right yeah right right yeah, okay. yeah but they did add some cool cav features um and i really hope oh that you know I want to go back to campaign because yeah, sure. But I'll finish. I'll finish this because there's some really cool features I forgot to mention. But um, the cab, what they did is they made the unit looser, like they're not as tight as a unit. So that way, when when they charge into another cab unit, a lot of the cab will run past each other and circle around. So it makes it a bit more authentic uh, instead of just the cab ramming each other and just stopping and in and then they melee. You know, it's a lot more fluid, right? And a lot more realistic. Yeah. And like with the shield wall, is this is another mechanic that you've mentioned in one of your videos is. If you charge Cav directly at a shield wall, like the cavalry will not, you cannot get the horses to just charge into a wall of spears and shields. They just simply won't do it. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so that's another feature they added where 
you know, that's going to be so cool to online battles when you're timing your shield wall and, and, you know, trying to defend yourself against Cav, which is great because sometimes I feel like Cav can be too powerful in Total War games. And if you set up a proper defensive, you know, tight formation with, with infantry, it scares off the Cav. And what happens is that they charge and then they, they halt the halt and then they slowly walk in and go into melee. So you lose that charge bonus. Yeah. But you can, yeah, you can like, flank around like maybe you've got the the men forming shield wall fighting another infantry you kind of do like a hammer and anvil that that works so it's it's it adds another layer of strategy it's kind of like napoleon total war where you can form square or empire form square and it it makes it a little bit more challenging to use the cav yeah absolutely there's so many great mechanics in this game, just so many aspects that they've they've put in. But you said you wanted to go back to the campaign and talk a little bit more about that. So I'm going to go ahead and let you do that. Yeah. So in terms of technology, this is probably another one of my favorite features because it makes so, so much sense. If you want to improve. So in the old Total Wars, if you wanted to improve infantry, you would just focus down the infantry tech tree, right? Yeah. But in this game, if you want to improve infantry, you have to recruit more infantry. Wow. Which makes sense, right? Because yeah. like you're investing all this money in infantry. Obviously, you're going to improve it. Uh, like that's how, you know, society, that's how, you know, uh, empires worked. Like, right. for example, Rome and the Punic Wars, uh, they had to compete with the Carthaginian ships. So they started investing in ships and, and strategy. And so that made them better. So I, I love that. So like if you if you want to improve your artillery, you've got a siege in X amount of times. It, it's it's really cool. Yeah, that's a really cool feature. And I think you're right is there's just this sort of specialization, you know, focusing on one unit and really putting a lot of resources and, and money into it. But what is your favorite faction to play as or what factions have you played as in the campaign? Um, I have mostly played as the Gaelic faction in Scotland, which would be, um, their name is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, a, uh, what is their name? Something with um, a C. Oh yeah. It's like Sir. Oh, man. I see like these names are so, um, yeah, they're, they're the Gaelic faction that migrated up the North and, um, yeah, they, they are very religious. Okay. So you get a lot of bonuses from churches uh so keeping that strong religious belief and building the churches will help your treasury um they also can deal with the co the cold a little bit better um they have very close bonds with other culture other kingdoms that share their same blood so they they you know it's easy to form alliances with um similar factions uh that those are just some of the things i remember uh, they do have a couple more cool features but that's another great thing is like every group of people have very interesting dynamic um abilities and features that you got to play differently with each one to use the full potential right absolutely like each country or province has its sort of specialization and you can play as the vikings correct yes you can play as the vikings um there's i believe a couple different viking factions the ones who settled in ireland the Dyflin. i don't know if i'm yeah saying that one right yeah so they if you start in ireland i believe there's I'm pretty sure there's an of course you have Dane Law, uh, which is a very powerful faction. Yes. Um, which is kind of like a blend of Vikings in Northumbria. So it's pretty cool. 
So at, uh, so at this point cool in the campaign, the Vikings are already in England and Ireland and the British Isle. Like you don't start in Scandinavia or like Norway or Denmark as the Vikings, correct? Correct. Uh, you, it's all set in British Isles. The Vikings have established themselves. You've got to, you know, either you join the, you play as the Vikings and you cleanse the lands of Anglos or uh, you, you know, play as Wessex and you reclaim um, your, your lands. Um, so it's, it's, that's another great thing about Total War is that you can change history. You can kind of do some what ifs and it's, it's pretty great. Another cool thing about the campaign too, is that if say you're playing as Wessex after you conquer certain territories you can form like the kingdom of England wow uh, yeah and there's end game events especially if you're and I'm pretty sure I can say this okay <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is known uh if not then oh I, I'm pretty sure I'm safe here but there's end game events where say you're Wessex you become England well, guess what happens in 1066? You're going to have to deal with a Norman invasion. Wow. Uh, which is really cool. And I think every every faction you play as has this end game event. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's absolutely remarkable. So now my, my listeners, I'm sure a lot of them have already played Total War games, but for some of them who aren't really into gaming too much and are just more of, they haven't really discovered historical gaming, how would they, somebody who loves Viking history, benefit from playing this game? Like, have you found yourself learning new things that you never knew about the Vikings uh, by playing this game? Oh, yeah, I, I think so, for sure. I think, I mean, it's a, I'm more of a visual learner and like kind of, it, it, it is a video game, so it's not going to be perfect by any means. But um, seeing the names of the towns and seeing the the armor and the, the, the ships they had. And I think it really helps you visualize the, the time period. Um, the Oh, another thing is they worked really hard on the custom settlements uh so they've got some really awesome settlements uh for siege battles but yeah i think visually it's just really and and there's just so much it's so in depth there's so much information there's events that happen that were historical it's just it's really cool and it, it helps you kind of experience okay it kind of makes you somewhat relive that time period and yeah. like you can look at small things and be like oh wow that that was actually a big deal back then you know, like winter. You right. Know, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's because uh, pretty much all armies would set out in the spring because the conditions to maintain an army in the winter would have been so difficult. So I'm so glad they've just put in so many mechanics like that. And you said, um, do you know the developer, Jack, whatever his name is? But I, I do know he is a quite a legendary figure when it comes to creating video games. I've never met him. Um but I've I've I definitely know of him. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. that he, you know, he's he's a big historical, you know, nerd, which right. is great. And um, you, you just whenever he's in, in charge of a game, I know. And I think, you know, they are using the Attila engine, which is my biggest my biggest concern about the game is that I hate the Attila engine. Um, and I really wish they just spent the time to use a new engine. Mm. Um, uh, now, I don't know if you've heard about the Three Kingdoms game. Okay, yes, I have. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure they're using a new engine for that, which is good. Okay. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's not that big of a deal. Um, but I, I think for what he's done, 
I like I feel like he's done everything he could using that Attila engine. And I really hope this game does extremely well because it shows that hey, you know, Total War, hey CA, like let's not go full fantasy just yet. Like history has a market. And if you make good history games, we're we're there. We're going to buy them. Yeah, absolutely. So. And that's one thing that I, I love is this whole, you know, a lot of this um, sort of gamer, these gamer types actually who play these history games actually do care about history. And uh, I know for me, years ago when I was younger and I was my whole childhood was Total War games as I would play these games. I became so immersed in that time period that I would hop on YouTube and um, look up history documentaries about that same time period and read books about it. So it's just so interesting. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like like we were just saying, it helps you visualize um some you know historical battles how the combat went down now again it's not perfect it is a video game there's no way you could actually recreate a battle like a lot of the times battles were like two armies would march and then they'd be like nah and then march away like that's not fun um right but it's yeah yeah so yeah i mean napoleon total war like i wasn't even really into the napoleonic time period uh and then i started playing napoleon and i was like whoa this is crazy and then like you know i got so many books on on napoleon on on all these historic figures and just really getting into it so i mean that's that's the great thing about historical gaming yeah, you you just you really do learn so much. So you've mentioned that they're using I am not a big fan of it either. The Attila engine. What do you not like about the Attila engine that they're using with this game? OK, well, it's just it's the way the battles it, it, it's the way the battles play out. It's just like it, I think it's called Warscape, the Warscape engine, Um, the overall feeling of the look of the battlefield it's got this weird like shiny plastic look Mm. um and like when the units collide it's all rubber bandy it's you know i think they tried to improve it a little bit but they had the cliche like hollywood kill moves and stuff and they would have these like 1v1 duels where historically you know especially in this time period you're fighting as a unit you're fighting together you're not gonna like let me break shield wall and do an epic cinematic choreographed battle with this one guy so it just kind of broke the the overall feeling and just made it rubber bandy and and kind of it's just like the cab charges were very unimpressive and mm-hmm. um so that's the major issue why it worked well that's the same engine for like shogun too worked well for shogun because you know the style is very loose it was the samurai right um but with like these like they used it in rome 2 rome 2 was like you don't it just, just similar to thrones like they fight in a unit it's not you know, loose and it's very like two masses colliding, which doesn't really work well with the Warscape engine. So, but you know, other than that, <laughs> I can look past it and I definitely think they met, they made some pretty cool changes. And again, I just hope that there's a lot of support for this game because it's so historically it thought yeah. out. Yeah. And I, like I said, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of the, the Attila engine either, but one thing I do love is the unit sizes are small which is totally historically accurate because these kings didn't just have these armies at their fingertips. Like they had to go to their lords and their uh, nobles and try to raise these armies. And I like, I feel like despite them using the engine, there is a sort of um, more of an emphasis on the individual 
soldier like um if you just kind of watch the battles play out you can easily hone in on one individual soldier and see him get you know shot by an arrow in the head or something like that yeah yeah for sure i mean i love that too it's you know i'm people say i'm kind of known for the massive epic battles but i i just enjoy historical uh stuff so like seeing smaller scale battles it's like yeah because it's the british isles you know it's not like you know this huge dense population of people um so the armies are going to be smaller so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, unfortunately, we're out of time, but thank you so much, Apollo, for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Yeah, it was great being here. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks, man. We'll have to have you on again sometime, uh, perhaps when the game actually does come out. Yeah, for sure. Oh, uh, I'm doing a stream okay. on Thrones. I, when, when is this uh, episode coming uh, out? This will be 12th of April. So tomorrow? Okay, yeah. So on the 13th, Friday the 13th, I'm doing a live stream of Thrones uh, where it's like me versus uh, CA. So if you guys want to see some live battles, it'll be on my uh, Facebook page. Yeah, sweet. And uh, I'll for sure put a link to your YouTube channel in the description of this episode. And we can talk afterwards about any other links that I'll put in there. But I'll definitely be there for the stream. Awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on, man. If you've enjoyed this episode of the History of Vikings, do me a favor and write me a review. I would love to hear any criticism or feedback that you have for me. Uh, Join us right here next week on the History of Vikings.